Hey church family, thanks for joining us online today. And we hope that you had a Merry Christmas and a good time with your friends and family this past week. And we hope and pray that everyone is staying safe and healthy. And we're looking forward to next year, 2021. And we're praying that that will be a great year for your families and for our church family. We'll go ahead and grab your Bibles and gather your family around the screen. We're going to worship together in just a moment in song. And then I'm going to come and bring a very brief challenge from God's Word.
Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Go ahead and find that in your Bibles. And we've been singing and thinking about turning our eyes upon Jesus. And I thought, you know, that'd be a great theme for our lives in 2021. You know, let's get our eyes off of other things and let's fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, I always love the new year because I look at it as a new beginning, uh, a fresh start. And I, maybe like some of you, am creating goals for next year. I have different areas of my life that I think about, you know, my spiritual life and my health, uh, my personal growth, my family, finances, just these different areas of my life, these different roles that I play. And I think about setting goals in those areas. And, you know, the Bible offers a very balanced approach to setting goals that includes making plans, but doing it with wisdom and humility. You know, Jesus's illustration of building a tower implies that it's a good thing to have set goals. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 14 and verse 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. So he's saying, hey, listen, you're, you're planning to build this tower it would be very wise for you to sit down 
and think about, okay, what kind of materials am I going to need? How much is this going to cost? It's good to have a plan. It's good to go through life with a plan and with making goals. And the opposite end of that, you know, to live with no motivation, to live with no planning, that's, I can't believe that's God's desire for us uh, because that would breed laziness. You know, laziness causes a person to neglect work and to miss out on opportunities. But wisely setting goals leads to better results. It's just like the Bible says in Proverbs 21, verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Uh, So the thoughts of the diligent, the Bible says there, tends only to plenteousness. But listen, just because uh, we've done our planning doesn't guarantee that our goals are going to be met. Uh, the process of setting goals has to have this element of humility. You know, James teaches in uh, the book of James, chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, go to now, right? You that say today or tomorrow will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So the Bible teaches against two extremes, uh, never setting goals, and then setting goals with no thought of God. And I believe the balanced alternative to that is found in the very next verse, in verse 15, where James says, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. You know, it's, it's good to make plans. We should make plans as long as we leave room for God to come in and change our plans. Right, His goals take precedence over ours. Just like uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Uh, in other words, you know, we have our ideas and we make our plans, and that's a good thing, but God will ultimately accomplish his sovereign desires. Uh, but, you know, isn't it great? We can take comfort in the words of Jesus. He said in Matthew chapter 6, I love this passage in verse 33 and 34. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And the Bible encourages us there that if if our plans focus on Christ, if our plans honor him, uh, he will see to it that the best results, the eternal results are ours. So it's, it's good to make plans. It's good to set goals. It's, it's good to be intentional about the life that you've been given to steward. Now, when we think about goals, when we think about the new year, I think the most popular goal that many of us set are health goals, right? And that's okay. Uh, you know, we, we say we're going to go to the gym every day and we're going to exercise and we're going to eat healthy and, and all these things. Now, we all know that eating healthy and working out, that's good for our physical bodies. I mean, there are, uh, you know, a lot of benefits of doing that. And there are actually a lot of negative effects of not working out, not eating healthy. You know, it, you can have high blood pressure. You can have high cholesterol, fatigue, heart disease, depression, But do you know the same thing can happen with your spiritual body? You know, if you if you neglect your physical body, there are going to be repercussions. But if you neglect your spiritual body, your inner man, 
there are also repercussions. You know, you're going to have lack of joy and peace, uh, lack of growth, lack of uh, desire and devotion. So I think, okay, what would be a, a good spiritual goal? You know, what, what would be a good goal for us to set in the new year? What are some, what are some maybe uh, daily disciplines that would help us grow spiritually? All right, here in our passage in 1 Timothy chapter 4, let's go ahead and start reading in verse 6. The Bible says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wives' fables. So what is the, the goal of the Christian life? This is it, okay? Write, write this down. The goal of your Christian life is, can be summed up, I believe, in one word, and that's godliness. All right, if you're setting spiritual goals, godliness should be at the top of your list. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what's happening here in the city of Ephesus. Uh, there were people in Ephesus, just like today, that were teaching false doctrine. Uh, you know, these were things that uh, seemed to be right, but were heresy. And Paul says, they're old wives' fables. So Timothy, he says, remember the words that you were taught. Remember the, the teaching that you follow. Paul says, you know, you're hearing a lot of things in Ephesus, and some of them aren't true. Uh, don't get involved in that. In fact, just the opposite. Here's what he says. I love this. He says, nourish yourselves by the words you were taught. The word nourish there has the idea of being trained. All right, so what, what does this mean? Paul is saying to us that we need to be a student of the word. That's why we say here a lot of times, we want you to get into the word until the word gets into you. You know, Jesus was the walking word of God. And so if we want to obey Jesus and, and we want to follow him, it seems appropriate for us to follow him by getting into the word of God. Uh, John Wesley said this, he says, I don't read the Bible to preach. I preach because I've read the Bible. Here's what Wesley is saying. Out of the overflow of my life, I will preach the word of God. I believe that's what's so great about the F260 plan that we do in our discipleship groups and the here journaling method. And that's all it is. It's a method. Okay, you may have found something that works for you, and that's great. But if not, this is what we do in our, in our D groups. We follow the F260 plan, which the F stands for foundational. And these are foundational passages in Scripture that you read through chronologically. So you're not actually reading through the entire Bible word for word, but these are the foundational passages. You kind of get the whole picture of Scripture. Next year in 2021, our groups are going to be reading through the New Testament. Now, there are 260 chapters in the New Testament. So you literally read a chapter a day, five days a week. All right, it's, the plan is made where you get two days off, you can take the weekend off, or you can use the weekend to catch up. You know, life gets busy, we understand that. So this is a plan that's five days a week, so we're going to read a chapter a day in the New Testament, and we'll read through the New Testament uh, next year in 2021. And along that, as you read, you keep a, a journal. It's called a HEAR journal, and it's an acronym, H-E-A-R. The H stands for Highlight. So on January 1st, we're going to read Luke chapter 1, and uh, we're going to highlight all the things that God speaks to us about. 
and then we're going to explain, E, explain what we've just read. Okay, so I've highlighted, I've explained the text. Okay, this is kind of in two or three sentences what the text is about. And now I'm going to, A, I'm going to apply. How does this apply to my life? Write two or three sentences about how this applies. And then R's respond. How am I going to respond to what I've just read? You see, this is so much better than just following a reading plan and checking off a box because you're actually meditating and thinking through and journaling the word. And what happens is when we meet in our D groups every week, we come with our journals and we really don't uh, have a script or uh, a lesson planned or anything like that. We just come and out of the overflow of our life, we talk about what God's been speaking to us about in our groups. And it's, it's a wonderful thing and it's so helpful. But the word of God must, must move us. Well, how? How's the word of God going to move us? We, we nourish ourselves with the word. That's what he's saying here in, in the book of First Timothy. Uh, G. Campbell Morgan uh, said that before he would put a pen to paper to write his sermon, that he would read the text that he was preaching on no less than 50 times. Now, why would he do that? Because he wants to saturate himself with the word of God. What's the point? Paul says that when we nourish ourselves in the word of God, it will lead to godliness. So what is godliness? You know, we, we throw that word around in Christianity a lot. You know, I want to be a, a godly husband. I want to be a godly father. Or some of you ladies may say, I want to be a, a godly mother, godly wife. We want to live a godly life. We want to have a godly home. What does that even mean? Uh, what does it mean to be godly? I want you to go ahead and pause the video right here. And I want you to talk about that with your family. What does it mean to be godly? What do you think it means? Well, what did you come up with? You know, there could be many things that we could talk about when it comes to being a godly person. But I think just in its most simple form, godliness is having a God-centered life. Right, And it's not so much about activity, but it's more about an attitude. And I believe that the attitude leads to activity. But it's about this attitude of having, okay, I want God at the center. I want God to be involved in everything that I do and every decision that I make. Uh, so it's this idea of being godly. Paul tells us here to to train or to exercise ourselves unto godliness. This should be the goal of our life to say, God, I want to be conformed to your image. And then Paul tells us the reward for godliness and it has eternal value. Look at verse eight in first Timothy chapter four for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I love this verse because it gives me an excuse not to work out, right? We always use this as a proof text. See, Paul says bodily exercise profiteth little. You know, I don't need to go to the gym. I don't need to, I don't need to exercise. But that's really not what Paul's saying here, okay? Paul's not comparing here working out the physical body to the spiritual body. He's comparing the benefits of those things in light of eternity. So he's saying 
when you work out the physical body, you can work it out all you want. He even said, you know, that would be a great investment. Okay, there are, are positives to working out the body. Uh, I think what he's saying here is that really that any investment in this world is great. Your 401k, that's great. But when it compares to eternity, those things end at your physical life. And he's saying that godliness is the only investment, the only investment by which you put anything into it in this world that yields an eternal reward forever. Paul says, if I'm an investing man, I want to invest in something that has eternal significance. And so he gives us a diagram for action. Here's what he says. This is how you you carry this out. And it's interesting to me. He says, you become godly by training. He says in in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise, train, uh, discipline. That word discipline, it's an interesting word. It's the word uh, gymnasio where we get the English word gymnasium. So he's saying gymnasium yourself for godliness. You start to see the picture. He's telling Timothy, listen, Timothy, you, you yourself, you need to discipline your body for godliness. This is something that you must do for yourself. And the word usage carries the idea that this is not an option. He's not saying, Timothy, if you feel like reading your Bible, then go ahead. Or, hey, if you feel like getting up in the morning to pray, go ahead. You can do that as an option. This wasn't an option. What he's saying here is that this is a command. Every single day, always wake up and do and practice the spiritual disciplines. And when I say spiritual disciplines, I'm basically talking about the the basics okay of christianity i mean this is level one you know reading your bible praying fasting memorizing scripture that's what he's telling timothy you need to practice these things train yourself for godliness and and jesus was really the best example you think about it as you read through the new testament one thing you notice is that jesus always practiced those disciplines think about it do you ever see Jesus preaching the word of God to people that didn't believe in him all the time. Do we ever see Jesus get alone with the father all the time? Do we ever see Jesus isolate himself all the time? Do we ever see Jesus fast? Do we ever see Jesus pray all the time? You know, one of the things that blows me away about the ministry of Jesus is this. The busier Jesus got, think about this, the more he prayed. You know, if I'm honest with you, the busier I get, the less I pray. You know, Jesus' schedule was packed, but he would always make time early in the morning to get alone with the Father because he knew that would be the factor to determine the rest of the day. He was dependent upon the Father. Here's the point. If the immortal, infinite Son of God got alone and practiced the spiritual disciplines, how much more do we need to practice the spiritual disciplines? You know, Jesus was always about that, and I think we should be as well. You know, the disciplines aren't an end in themselves, okay? Because we can very easily fall into this trap of, all right, you know, I prayed today. I did my Bible reading. Okay, I fasted this week. I memorized a verse. And it's very easy to fall into that trap of saying, okay, I've I've practiced the spiritual disciplines. Well, listen, the, the disciplines aren't an end in themselves, but they are a means to an end, which is godliness. 
right? The, really, the spiritual disciplines aren't the goal. God is the goal, right? I read the word because I want to know more of God. I pray because I want to have a relationship with God. I fast because I want to get alone and, and I want to get away from distractions and, and I really want to focus in on who God is, right? God is the goal. So the disciplines are not an end, but they're a means to an end, which is godliness. I believe one of the best ways that we can experience the spiritual disciplines and really exercise the spiritual disciplines is in a D group or a discipleship group. Uh, I, I just, I believe this. I wholeheartedly believe this, that the single greatest environment that will change your life is in a discipleship group. These are small, gender-exclusive groups, you know, men with men, ladies with ladies, that meet weekly for accountability, for intimacy, and reproducibility. We need to have people in our lives that are going to hold us accountable to practice these spiritual disciplines. And, and I, love, I love meeting weekly with my group where I can sit across the table from someone and they're going to ask me, hey, what did you read this week? What did you get from the word this week? And we memorize scripture together and we pray together. and We uh, ask accountability questions and we have such good conversation that's so helpful. It's so helpful because I tell you, when I'm left to myself, I, I tend to be lazy. I tend to neglect things. But man, if I know that I'm meeting a group of guys this week, they're going to ask me what I've been doing. I love that. Because it keeps me accountable. It helps me. You know, it's so hard to grow ourselves. But we can put ourselves into an environment for God to grow us. So I want to ask you a question. Would you join me and others in our church? Would you join us in 2021? Would you consider making a commitment to walk with the Lord in 2021? Uh, You know, as you take an honest look at 2020 you know just pause for a moment what a crazy year it was but just think about last year were you walking with the Lord what was your relationship like with the Lord were you hearing the voice of God were you following the ways of God were you in the word of God if not what are some changes that you can make to walk with God maybe uh, there are some things you need to add to your life. Maybe you say, you know, there's some things that I need to take away. There's some distractions in my life. There's some people that I need to avoid. What activities do you uh, need to engage in? What areas do you need to serve in? What plan do you need to implement? Because listen, if you don't have a plan, you don't intend to do it. You know, Landon, God bless him. I love that boy. He, uh, he came downstairs the other day and he said, Dad, I have a goal for next year. I said, you do? What is it? He said, I'm going to read the Bible every day. And I didn't want to throw water on his fire, but I said, well, Landon, what's your plan? He said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I, that's a good goal. So that's a great goal to have. You know, you're going to read the Bible every day. But if you don't plan to do it, it's not going to happen. You have to figure out a plan. you got to get a reading plan. you got to set your... Uh, uh, Bible next to the bed so that you know as soon as I get up I'm, that's the first thing I'm going to do if you have to put a, a sign on the back of your door before you walk out do that but you, you need to have a plan the key word there is you've got to be intentional 
right? Intentionality. And, and all of us, we need to be intentional about walking with the Lord. So what's it going to be? You know, at the end of 2021, you're either going to say, I wish I had, or I'm glad I did. I'd rather say the latter. And I can guarantee you that you'll be glad that you joined a D group. And these, again, you can find more information on our website. You can visit our website, fbchuntsville.com, for more information about what a D group looks like, kind of what we do. You can download our reading plan there on the website. As I said before, we're going to read through the New Testament next year. And you can actually, there's a place there for you to sign up to be a part of a discipleship group. I get those emails, and, uh, and we'll, we'll put you in a group. All right, we have, I think, about seven uh, men that are going to be doing this next year. We have four or five ladies that are going to be doing it. And so if you're interested in that, let me know, and uh, we'll get you plugged into one of these groups that meet every week. And uh, it's so helpful. Uh, you won't regret it. I promise you, I promise you this, that you will be closer to the Lord at the end of 2021 than, you've, than you were when you started. So think about it. Pray about it. Let's turn our eyes on Jesus and let's determine to be more like him.